Okay, so kids, it's it's Easter time, and and uh, does anyone know the meaning and the origins of this special day? And uh, one of the young kids in the class immediately responded, "It's opening day for the Yankees and Giants." <laughs> well, well, you know, not wishing to create stifle the the thinking there. So, well, that's a that's a great answer, but I had something else in mind. And a young girl then still remarked, that's the day that we get nice new clothes and we go find eggs out in the yard. And she said, well, well that's, that, that's, that's something we do too. But is there anything else just a little more important? Finally, a young man jumped up and yelled, I know, I know. After Jesus died on the cross, some of his friends buried him in a tomb. And they called it the sepulcher. And the, and the teacher thought, I don't believe it. Someone actually knows what's going on. The little boy continued. Three days later, Jesus arose from the tomb, and, and the stone was rolled away. Uh-huh, uh-huh, the teacher goes, you know, go on, go on. And, and Jesus walks out of the tomb, and if he sees his shadow, there's six more weeks of winter. <laughs> Easter. You know, what is it? We've, we, we're coming together this morning, and, and there is a lot of, uh, you know, misunderstanding on Easter, and, and it's coming to a point in in, in society that it's all about the Easter bunny and all about the eggs and, and, and there's nothing necessarily wrong, but we've got to make sure we understand what Easter is about. Even, even for me, you know, my, my kid says, well, you know, I felt like the Passover idea, you know, on the Passover, the, the father of the house would go back and forth with his kids and the kids would say, well, Dad, how come on normal nights when we do the when we eat we only dip the the, the vegetables once and on Passover we do it twice? Well, the kids were in my house were like, well, how come on Easter you wear a suit? And I said, well, it's a special day, and uh, and it is. It's a, it's a special day, and we gather together. And, but there's a lot of different meanings for it. Um, for some, it just means spring break is either here or about to happen, and that's all they're looking forward to. Hey, vacation is coming. Uh, for, for parents, vacation sometimes means, oh, no, I've got my kids for two straight weeks without any breaks. <laughs> you know, for some, and, and this is even can be a serious one. Uh, you look out, you know, some of you work at the slopes. The coming of Easter means work is about to end. <laughs> and some rejoice and some go, what am I going to do for the next six months? But, yeah, and so, so that's another thing that, that Easter means. But um, for one kid, they say, well, what does Easter mean to you? And he goes, Egg salad sandwiches for two whole weeks. <laughs> but Easter for us is the celebration of, of the risen Lord. It's a celebration that Jesus Christ was not held back. That though he went to the cross and he died, that death couldn't hold him back. It's the celebration that there is life after this life. That Jesus conquered and he made a way. And he is risen. He is risen indeed. This morning we shared at the sunrise service and we're getting together all over the world today. All over the world. I guess some people got together yesterday because of the date change, right? The time change. But throughout the world in this, in this season, in these few days, the Christians will gather together wherever they're at, cross denominational lines to join and worship the risen King. We put together, we put away the differences. We put away the things that have Divide us maybe during the year, church buildings and denominational practices, because we worship and celebrate Jesus Christ who's alive. He's risen. Amen? Yeah. The events 
that we read about, and, and I, I pray that you've taken the opportunity this, this last week, for, for many of you, I know you have, of reading through the passion story, reading through the events of the week, of what happened that Jesus went through. Uh, even on Friday, uh, the group went out and carried the cross across town. I don't know if any of you saw those crazy young people and, and walking and carrying a cross um, to, to remember and to commemorate that which Jesus did. And today's the final day of, of that celebration um, because the, the days leading up to this were hard. Uh, we watched uh, clips of the Passion this week and remembering what Jesus Christ went through. It can be very, it's, it's very hard to understand that, but today we celebrate that He did do it because He is alive today. This morning, as, as I was at the sunrise service, I, I did look out the window and saw the sun up, and I was just taken back five, six years to when we lived in Guatemala. And every year on Easter, the Christians, the, the non-Spanish-speaking Christians that were there learning the language, would gather together and we would hike all the way up to the cross, um, which was up on a mountain overlooked the city. And Jay, you were there for that one of those, I believe. At least you went to the cross, and some of you did. And they came down and visited us, and we would worship the Lord as the sun was coming up. I actually had to pay the police to go with us, because if you didn't, you'd get robbed on the way up. Um, because not for everyone, Jesus isn't risen. But we'd go and we'd worship the Lord together, and it was just a beautiful time. And I'm excited to be here this morning today with you celebrating the risen Lord. He is risen. And I want to read a passage from Luke this morning. Luke chapter 24. You know, Jesus... He lived a brief life on the earth, just 33 years. And in that time, he learned, he didn't learn, but he laughed with his people. He loved his people. His, he, he had relationship. He learned more loss as he was betrayed. He taught those around him. He overcame sin and temptation. He was tortured. He suffered brutally. The movie The Passion depicts it, and I still don't believe it's, it's accurate. I think it was so much worse than that. He was crucified, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended to the right hand of the Father where Jesus lives to make intercession for his people. We celebrate today as his resurrection. The Bible teaches us on the first day of the week that they went to the tomb. They waited, and they couldn't go the day before because it was... It was a Sabbath, and so they had to wait. And as soon as the sun was coming up, even before they began their, their trek to the tomb, and when they got there, the ladies, the women who went, they got there, they realized that the stone was rolled away and the tomb was empty. And there's angels there declaring, He is not here. He is risen. He is risen. Why do you look for the living from among the dead? Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. It says, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. 
Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and then they returned from the tomb, and they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales. Another version says, like nonsense. And they did not believe them. But Peter arose and he ran to the tomb. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves and he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. This morning we've gathered together and for different reasons. Maybe you've come this morning looking for the risen Savior. You've come to celebrate that which you know is alive. Maybe some of you have come this morning like the women of that first Easter morning looking for the living among the dead. They came not truly believing the words of Jesus. The women came looking at the tomb. They looked for Jesus to be dead and yet He was alive because they didn't truly believe what Jesus had taught them. They loved the Lord. The women who went there, they, they had relationship. For Mary Magdalene, Jesus meant everything. And yet they didn't believe His words. They didn't understand His teaching. They didn't quite get it. In His, in his life and His time with the disciples, Jesus often would teach them and tell them, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be buried. But in three days I would rise again. And, and they never would accept it. They couldn't understand it. They didn't get it. They wouldn't believe it. In John 2.19, Jesus said, Destroy this temple and I'll rise it again. I'll raise it again in three days. In Matthew chapter 16, it tells us that from that time on, Jesus began to show to His disciples that He must be killed and raised the third day. One chapter later it says, And they will kill Him, and the third day He will be raised up. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 19, On the third day He'll be raised to life. We find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all accounts, Jesus was trying to tell His disciples, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be dead in three days, but I will be raised again. And yet on that morning, the women went there with the spices to embalm their Lord. He tried to get the message through to His disciples that they wouldn't believe it. The women didn't believe it. You know, that, that's, that's even a little more amazing to me because I, I, I just believe that you women have such an extra gift of faith in us men. I mean, I really do. You know, we're usually the skeptics, slow to believe. Yet not even the women would believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. They didn't think it was going to happen. Though they walked with Him, they followed Him, they heard Him teach. His disciples and the ladies, they didn't believe. Because if they had believed, they would have been gathering at the tomb early, waiting in expectation for Jesus to come out alive. Because when you're waiting for somebody, if somebody says, I'm, I'm coming and meet me in Barstow at the bus station, if you believe that they're coming, you're going to drive down to Barstow and wait for them to get off the bus. It's what you do when you're waiting. It's what you do when you believe something's really going to happen. But the wait, ladies, they weren't waiting for Him to arise. They went with another purpose. Luke 24.11 says, Even when the, the women went to the tomb and came back saying, This is what we saw. The tomb was empty. Jesus wasn't there and an angel said that He's alive. 
says the disciples said that the words were like nonsense to them. They couldn't grasp it. They didn't get it. If they believed, they would have been there at the tomb waiting. But basically, we find that they were instead later they were hiding. They were hiding in fear of the Jews. They were depressed. They were discouraged. Their hope of a Messiah was, was crushed. They weren't expecting. Instead, they were depressed. Not until after they heard the report that Jesus was alive did they go out and wait for Him at the hill. But you look in the books of both Matthew or Mark and Luke, and it says that the women came to the tomb with spices. And these spices weren't to make a celebratory meal. And we're going to go have a barbecue and say Jesus is alive. They brought the spices to anoint the body of Jesus for burial. I mean, they were, they were, they were done. It was over for them. They didn't believe that there was any hope left. They went to go and seal the deal and anoint and embalm and say goodbye. Charles Spurgeon said, "'Twas love that said embalm him, but twas unbelieving love that made them think that this was necessary to be done. They loved Jesus, but they didn't believe His promise, His words. But today we celebrate the truth of the resurrection. We celebrate the truth of the resurrection. We're not talking about the story of Easter. And it's still something I'm trying to break in myself of using the word story when I'm talking about the Bible. We're not talking about a story. We're talking about real life events that took place. That which Jesus did. We're talking about the truth. The reason we've come out, many of you have come out this morning is because you believe that truth. We've come together because we know Jesus is alive. He's alive. He's risen. You understand. You believe the truth of the resurrection. And some, some of you are here because you're, you're searching. You're, you're wondering, what, what is... There's got to be something more. You know, that's what everyone comes to. There's got to be something more than this life. You're searching. You want to know. Some of you are here just because somebody in your family begged you to come. Come just this once. Just come once. Will you please come? And maybe they've been begging you for months and, and you go, you know what, I'll go. Easter's a great time to go. That's, you know, that's what you do. You go to church. This might be the one time that you come to church every year. No matter what the reason is that you're, you're here this morning, it's good. I'm glad that you're here. Glad that we can come and worship together and talk about this story, this Easter account, what Jesus really did for us. We worship the Lord this morning. At the end of the service, we're going to have a time of communion. And we're going to reflect on that which Christ did for us as we prepare our hearts even in the time of the Word. Today, we know the truth of the story of Easter. Most of us in this room have heard it. Jesus did, in fact, raise from the dead. He's alive. He's alive. Right? He is risen. He's risen indeed. He's alive. Death could not hold Him back. The power of, of Christ, the power of the Spirit raised Him from the dead and death can no longer hold Him. This morning, I was, uh, when we were at the Pine Summit, there was a Hispanic uh, a church group there and I was talking to them and I wanted to correct their, their Spanish. 
see, in Spanish, uh, you, you say, they don't say he is risen. I was corrected on that. You know, they don't say, ha resucitado, he is risen. They say he's alive. They say, está vivo, está vivo. But, but now, now so if you study Spanish at all, but you might go, well, wait a second, shouldn't it be es vivo? Right? Because in, in Spanish, there's two ways to say is. You can say, like, the chair is on the floor, you know, la, la silla está en el piso. It is. But you can also say that, that I am a boy. Now, yo soy un chico. Well, I thought, well, one is for permanent, one is for temporary, and they say Jesus is temporarily alive. And I wanted to go, you're doing it all wrong. You're doing it all wrong, huh, Julie? We should, we should start something new. They say, Cristo está vivo. He's temporarily alive. And it's just bugging me. <laughs> of course, I don't speak this language that well to understand all the nuances of it. But that's what I hear. So I want to say, no, Cristo es vivo. He is forever alive. Amen. See, when we, you know, in the, in the natural, you're está vivo. You're alive for a little while and then this body's going to die and it's temporary. We live in a temporary house. But Christ, when He lived, it is S. He is forever and ever, not temporary, but permanently alive. And we live in our spirit man forever and ever. This body is passing away quicker than I wish it would. But we will be alive forever in Christ. How do I know that God's alive? I spoke with Him this morning, like the shirt says. You know, people, it's hard to contradict that. It's hard to contradict your relationship. He is alive. We believe that. We believe that. Amen? Amen. But what don't we believe? There are things that we, I believe, we don't believe about the Bible. We might believe the story that He's He's alive, but we don't believe everything. And I want to talk about two things this morning. I want to speak to two groups of people in this, in this room. We've been saying, He is risen. But the question is, is He risen in you? Is He risen in you? You might be in, the, in this room this morning and you believe the story. You, you might believe the story that Jesus is, he, he came and He lived and He died and was crucified. He was even resurrected. You might believe that, that it's all true. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Jesus is risen in you. The Bible says that the demons even believe that. But they tremble. So you might be in this room going, you know, I do. I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. But have you fully trusted and leaned on relied completely and solely on Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins? Absolutely. Have you trusted in Him to be your Lord, your King, your absolute and eternal Sovereign, powerful God of your life? Have you leaned on Him and put all your trust on Him? And that's very difficult to do. Because that means you have to give something up. You have to give up a little bit of your life, a little bit of the control that you think you have. Because it's just, it's, it's just a fantasy, but you have to give that up and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I can't do this on my own. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And 
Unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. Because the wages of sin is death. That's the result of the things that we do in the flesh. The result is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Bible teaches us that God loved the world, you and me, so much that He gave His only Son. He sent Jesus to live on this earth that whoever would believe in Him wouldn't perish but have everlasting eternal life so that we could be somos vivos, alive truly forever and ever. And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. Confession of you are my Lord. Not just you are, that's your name. The confession of Jesus as Lord isn't just about saying, okay, you're... Your name is Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ must be His last name. Jesus is His first name. It's understanding that He is the Lord, the King, the Ruler, the absolute all in all of our life. And you'll be saved. And if we'll do that, if you've never done that or if you've walked away from that, if you will trust in Him and ask Him to be your Savior and forgive you your sins and commit your life to be your Lord, then we can read the, the Scriptures that say, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. We confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And Christ in you will free you from that power of sin and bring you to life. 1 Corinthians 15:14 says simply if Christ has not been raised our preaching is useless and so is your faith. If Christ has not been raised my preaching is useless and I'm in the wrong profession. If I'm standing up here talking about myths and fables, God help me. There's other things I should be doing. But Christ has been raised from the dead. And it's the only hope that this world has is understanding that this momentary, troubled and difficult life that we live in is going to be surpassed and followed by glory and glory and glory. So that might be you in here. And there's another group of people I want to speak to this morning. Those of us who believe the story, believe the account, but also have trusted in Jesus to be their Lord. They've committed their life to Him as Lord and asked Him to be their Savior. You're a Christian. But you don't see the power that raised Christ from the dead in your life. You've committed your life. You said, okay, I can't do it. I, I, I want to give you my life. Lord, forgive me of my sins. And, but you're not seeing the power that raised Christ from the dead living in you. See, some people are, are like the disciples. God, they follow Him, but they do it in semi-unbelief. They do it in semi 
somewhat hiding or fear or unbelief. They're not where Jesus told them to be. They believe yet didn't get it all. They don't fully believe the Word of God. The Bible says He's risen. He is risen this morning and He wants to live His life of power in and through you. He wants to live a life of power through every one of His believers, every one of His children. Remember when Jesus was in His hometown and He couldn't do many miracles there. Says Jesus couldn't do many miracles there because of his unbelief. And I, I get really, I'm really real. If you get to know me, I'm just really real. And I go, what? Is is Jesus God? Then how come he could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief? Does those things ever meddle with you? That meddles with me, because that's like, can God make a rock so big that even God can't throw it? <laughs> You ever ask that one? You know, you, get, you come with these things. Wait, God couldn't do miracles there. Jesus, God in the flesh, couldn't do miracles because of their unbelief. He can do whatever He wants to do, can't He? The answer is absolutely. God can do whatever He wants to do, and here's the point. That He wants to, He's chosen to, Work through you. Work through His people, through their faith, through their belief. And that's what He chooses to do. He can't do because it goes against His character. His character has ultimately decided that He desires to work through our faith and not just come and do whatever He wants to do. God, you know, so many things in this world, we just go, God, why don't you just do that? Because I've chosen a different way. God could show up to each and every one of us individually in our dreams, convict us of our sin, show us that He's the way and we would never have to evangelize. And He does that from time to time. But He chooses to use us to spread the Gospel. He chooses to work through you in your faith to do miracles and to walk in the power of the Spirit that raise Christ from the dead. Ephesians 2, 6-8 through 8 says, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourself. It is the gift of God. He's seated us in heavenly places. He's given us, the Bible says, everything we need for life and godliness. And He's given us, He wants to give us the power that we would walk in power. This morning, some of us are sitting in here with hopes and promises that have been dashed to pieces. Things that we hoped through the Word of God, we hoped God would do. Something came in and it broke it. It damaged us. Some of those things are the lack of, of trust and faith in God. We end up finding ourselves like the women who had a hope and a belief that Jesus was going to be their Messiah and come and rescue them. And when He was crucified, they went to bury their promise. 
They didn't believe, they didn't fully trust that there was something more coming. They went a little premature to bury their promise instead of holding on to the fact of the promise that He would raise again. And some of you in here have had those promises and hopes dashed and dashed. And I want to say that the power of God is yet to be revealed in your situation. Keep putting your faith and hope and trust and watch Him. Mark 16, verse 8, it talks about the lady that says, Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. That fear begins to grip us. What if? What if God doesn't answer the prayer? What's really going on in this situation? And God wants to come and move in power and reveal His Word and truth. There is hope. There is hope that even if you've been discouraged and let down, maybe you've been one of those who had hope in Christ, but that hope has been damaged and you don't know where you're at now. There is hope still. Because remember that His disciples didn't believe Jesus either. The disciples didn't believe that He would rise again. But just as for them, there's hope for us. Because after Jesus visited them, He told them to meet them on the mountain, Matthew 28. And Jesus commissioned them. He restored them back into fellowship. He commissioned them and He he breathed on them and He said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Walk in power. I'm giving you My Holy Spirit. He loved His disciples and received them back. The hope is not broken. And as they believed Him, and they saw and trusted in Him, the power came. The power came. And the whole book of Acts is about the power of God being manifested and lived out in the lives of His disciples. Hallelujah. We read this morning that the women thought their promises were dead. And they were ready to bury Him. And just like us, like them, God gives us a promise. It's in the form of His Word. He gives us a promise in the Word of God and we need to read it and pray, God, help us to understand what You're really saying here. Don't let us be like the women. Let us understand Your promise. Let us understand what You're trying to say to us and believe the Word. Act in faith on it. Receive the Word. Act in faith. See what God and resurrection power will do through us if we'll allow Him. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. That power is alive inside of the believers. Corinthians 4.20 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but it's a matter of power. Too often we, spend, we just spend too much time talking about the things of God. We talk in our Bible studies. We talk in our prayer meetings. We get together on Sunday and we talk and we talk and we talk. But sadly, we often talk about the same problems that we had last week. And all we're doing is we're just talking about, we're talking almost about a, a mythical book and real problems. And we talk. But the kingdom of God is not about talk, but it's of power. God wants to live inside of us in power, that we might become more than conquerors. He wants to live in power that we would walk above the circumstances. We need to, be, we need to stop talking and begin to walk in that power. 
receive that which God base our faith, base our lives on the promises and the Word of God. As we read the New Testament, it's so obvious. Just begin to read it that although we have trials and tribulations, and we have a lot of them, I mean, there's a lot of tough things that happen in our lives, difficulties and hardships, God's Spirit lives in us so that we can walk in power. As you read the accounts of Paul and the disciples and the apostles, they had hardships, but the power of God was manifest in their life to help them to become overcomers and more than conquerors. As we do that, as we see and allow the God's Spirit to live in us, we can walk in power so that we can not just say, He is risen, but He is risen in me indeed. That's what we want to say. Is he is risen in me indeed, that the life of Christ would be alive inside of us. Isaiah 43 says, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, O Jacob, and who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. That's the power that God wants to live in and through our lives. He is risen. He is risen in me indeed. Jeremiah 29.11. I want to read three more scriptures after that. Many of us know this first part. But we need to hang on for the whole ride. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And that's where we stop. But it goes on and says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. That describes some people's lives. They feel like they're scattered and they've just been broken and destroyed and part of their life is here and part of their life. But it says, call to Him and He will hear and He will restore you and He will bring you back from captivity. There's some people this morning who are sitting in here and in their lives you're in captivity. You're in captivity to addiction. In captivity maybe to fear. You're in captivity to, to unbelief. And God wants to hear your cry and bring you back from captivity and restore you. And He has a plan to prosper and not harm you and give you a hope and a future. Even when you walk through the waters, it didn't say you won't walk through the waters. It says when you walk through the waters, they won't sweep over you. You won't be burned. It might get hot though. It might get hot. You know, Psalm chapter 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the Bible didn't promise that we would never walk through the valley. That's one of the issues is maybe you became a Christian and you thought it was supposed to just all go well. And the doctrine out there that just promises roses. No, the Bible says, when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. Walk with Him. Understand that He is walking with you and He gives His power to go through. Power to overcome. He is risen. You know, I believe our problems get resolved because He is risen. Our problems get resolved because He is risen. Not that they all go away, but we see the solution. We see Him in the midst of the battle. He walks with us in the midst of the fiery furnace, and we don't die. 
Who's going to who's going to make a way for you? Who's going to roll away your stone? Jesus will roll away your stone because he's risen. The stones that hold us back, he overcomes. We need to continue on knowing that his resurrection power resolves our problems and difficulties because he is risen. Death couldn't hold him back. He's the victor. What are those fears and those unbeliefs, those things that amaze us? Even Peter and the, the women, they were, they were amazed. They were trying to figure it out. Look to the Lord to be alive in you. Jesus, be risen in me. Not just the story far off, but let your life be alive in me. This today, it's the first day of the week. It's the Lord's day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Let's let today be that day of rejoicing that says, my life will be changed because of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in my life. Today will be a new day because I understand that He has plans for me. And if I will call to Him, He'll answer me. If I'll seek the Lord with all my heart, He will answer and He'll come and He'll bring me back and He'll restore me and He'll show me the plans He has for me. We need to know, we can know that Jesus arose and is alive, but that He can and will arise and live in us as well. Today we all need the resurrection of Jesus. Not just as a story that we celebrate, but we need the resurrection power of Jesus in our life. We need the spirit of power that raised Christ from the dead to be alive in us. We have to choose to believe His Word and His promises. That's where so much falls short is we, we, we live the life of Christ. We try to live for Him. But we fall away. We need to choose to believe His promises every day and understand His Word and let His power come through His Word. Today we can make that choice to say, He is risen. He is risen in me indeed. He is risen in me indeed. These come those moments where it is just about choosing. Choose you this day whom you'll serve. We have to step out in that faith and say, okay, I saw Jesus get crucified. Saw them put the spear in his side. I know that Joseph put him in the tomb. Had him embalmed already. Had him prepared. And they put the stone there. We can choose to say, I don't know how he's going to do it, but he told me he was going to raise in three days. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he promised that he's going to meet my need. He says, I don't know, we don't have any money, but the Bible says that he's going to provide for us. God, these things are going wrong. I don't know how you're going to do it, but the Bible says to cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. But it's a choice to believe the Word of God and not go and just bury your promises. Don't bury your promise. Don't bury your promise. Don't get the spice and say, well, that one's done. That'll never come to pass. Keep holding on to the promise. Keep holding on to the things that say that somebody's going to be healed if they've got a promise from God. Keep looking to Him and say, God, I don't even get it. I mean, that's, that's truth. There are so many things I just don't understand. 
but I have to choose to believe the Word of God for my life. And as I walk in that faith, as I walk in that belief, the power of God will begin more and more to be manifested because the devil can't come against that kind of faith. He wants to destroy us in our faith, in our belief and trust. And we choose to believe. And you get people coming up to you, why on earth do you believe that? And they'll try to disprove you and say, I just believe. And put our trust in Him. We need to believe that He's risen. The Bible says He is. So we need to believe that which Jesus told us, the things He taught us. We need to believe His Word. One of the great things is we have all the testimony of, of the Word of God. We also have the testimony of that which Jesus has already done in your life and the lives of those around you. How can you refute the miracles and the things that God has done for you personally. The miracles that God has done for those around you. When the discouragement and the unbelief begins to press in, you say, I've seen the handiwork of God. I've seen the handiwork of God. I don't understand the problems I'm going through today, but I choose to believe that if God who is faithful to bring me through that, He'll be faithful and bring me through this as well. He is risen. He is risen in me indeed. Let's say that again. He is risen. He is risen in me indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This morning, we're going to have the worship team come back. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to worship one more song. And we're going to have the ushers begin to pass out the elements for the communion. And, and we both, Pastor Jeff and I both felt that we were supposed to do this at the end. It's kind of unusual. We're going to worship in the song we're going to sing is Jesus paid it all. We don't have to pay it. Jesus paid it all. But it's through His payment that gives us the power. His payment gives us the power. (laughs) Should just be play. Green button. There it is. Woo! (laughs) Amen. I thought that wasn't the song we were going to do for worship. That was a that was a real different one. I think Robert. But as as we as we go as we worship, we're gonna have the, the communion passed out. But we wanna hang on to him and understand that he paid it all, he's done it all. And we'll hold the communion until the end and we'll 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 do it together at the end, but this is a time to Make our commitments to the Lord and understand that this is the body that He paid it all with. This represents the broken body of Christ. And the, and the juice that we'll share together represents the blood that was spilled. It was through His blood and His broken body that gives us the access to enter into the Holy of Holies. It's that relationship that we have the Lord broken body and his, his blood spilt didn't last long. He rose again and he lives. Spend some time as we worship and sing this last song, Jesus paid it all. Give your life back to him. Recommit and say, Lord, I want, I want you to be risen inside of me. If you've never done that, if you remember the sermon, I gave you that opportunity and understanding of Commit your life to Him. Ask forgiveness of sins and rely on Him as your Lord. And He'll be alive in you. He'll be risen in you indeed. 
let this just be a time as we understand his payment for us as we worship and, and we'll partake together at the end. Hallelujah. Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me that all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I Jesus as your Lord, if you've never allowed Him to wash your crimson stain as white as snow, 
and just pray a prayer like this silently with me. Jesus, today I need a Savior. A crimson stain of the things I've done and my sins on me and I need to be forgiven and made white as snow. I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. That you would make me a new creation. I understand now that you shed your blood for me that I might live forever that you are risen and I can be risen also. I make you my Lord. And for that I need help also. As I'll trust my life, rely fully on you to be my King and my guide, my Savior and Lord. And I don't understand it fully, but come into my life. Take control. I thank you for your forgiveness. For the rest of us, maybe you've done that, we still put our hearts to him and say, Lord, we once again recommit our hearts and lives to you. God, forgive us for our unbelief. God, forgive us for bearing the hopes. Forgive us for trying to bury you in our lives. Lord, we thank you that your body was broken for us. And your blood spilled. And moreover, God, that you were raised from the dead. And you have power and victory over, over death and sin. And God, through you and in you, we have that same power over death and sin. We remember your sacrifice for us this morning as we partake of this bread together. Let's do that. And God, we thank you that you said that this cup represented a new, a new covenant. No longer out of law, no longer out of performance, but of grace because you spilt your blood. A perfect offering for us. Thank you, God, for receiving us. Thank you for forgiveness of sins. And we thank you that we can call you Lord, Savior, Master, and Friend because of your blood. Let's drink together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's sing that just chorus once more. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Let's stand as we worship him last time.
other and and if, if you've made that decision and committed your life to the Lord, make sure you tell someone before you leave. If, if you've trusted the Lord as your Savior, make sure you come and find me, one of the leaders, or somebody next to you, and say, I trusted the Lord today. I've come back to Him. I've came to Him. I've given my life. And we can rejoice with you. And, and you know, I encourage you to find out one of the life groups and fellowship with other believers this week. That's where the strength comes from. And I just want to say, don't get used to getting out before 11 a.m. It'll never happen again. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Happy Easter. Enjoy your fellowship with family. Hey, good job. Oh, thanks, Katie. Uh,